you hear that, folks? That is the sweet sound and taste of one rising match day in the books and another one on the horizon. Welcome into the PHNX Rising podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook app. It's your boys, OJ and Simpson. Is of course me, Mr. Max Simpson, and I'm joined by the man who is not even quite as tired as Austin FC seems to be, Mr. Owen Evans. Yeah, I'm just like kind of cringing from the opening of that, Max. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm just cringing like, you know, you know when you just kind of shrink up because you cringe so much. Like Austin's defense. Yeah, yeah kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, Austin, uh, well, it's nil nil at half time in the game against Violet, who had to sign a uh, couple of boys from NPSL to even be able to field the team today. So um, congratulations to Austin there as they struggle to try and turn things around against Violet, of course. You're listening on audio. Maybe they have done it, or maybe they haven't. Yeah, who, who knows? Keep who us updated in the chat, by the way. We really want to uh, see what's going on with that match. So, any updates or any uh, anything like that? Uh, I Pat Moses. Nice to join you. Finally, good kit on the show. Uh, you must not have seen all the times I was wearing like Spurs or Madrid or wow. anything. So I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe you had like LASIK or something. Wait, I have a story knows? for you guys. What's it? Damon and I went to the D-backs or the World Baseball Classic last, game last night, and a guy sitting near us heard us talking about Champions League. Yeah. He turned around. Not only was he a Tottenham fan, yes, but he had me, a giant us. Tottenham tattoo on his arm. Okay. Um, uh, I felt very bad for the man. Um, <clears throat> Imagine uh, it's one thing to be a Tottenham fan, but it's another thing to commit to Tottenham like that and put it on your body. Mm. Yeah, see, I'm not even... Did he also have a tattoo of an empty, like, trophy cupboard? Well, it it was hard to see because, of course, it was empty. Yeah, That's fair enough. That's not even something something I would do. Well, all that aside, appreciate y'all joining us. Um, As we mentioned, appreciate you, everyone who was joined us on Saturday during post-game, recapping Rising's 1-1 draw against Charleston Battery. Nice to see everyone. Um... Me in a less pixelated version, Owen on a more on-time version. Um, but yeah, we want to talk a bit more about that one. You know, it's been a couple days since that match happened. We have a bit of deeper dive. We'll get into some of the analytics. But Owen, I want to turn it to you. Has your perspective changed on Rising's performance now as opposed to when we recapped it in the moment? I feel as though, look, at the time, and it's always it's always interesting, I think, when we sit down on a Tuesday versus when we sit down after a game and just how much more you can kind of process afterwards when you think about where things went right, where things went wrong through the course of the game compared to when, you know, it's immediately after a game and you're just kind of hitting on the highlights, really, more than anything. But, yeah, it. I think the more that you sit around and think about it, the more it brings back a... A question that I've kind of had, and I think I've brought it up a few times on the pod about, I mean, for me, this is probably the biggest question is, what is the real plan at the minute with that number nine spot? And the reason that I I say that is that, look, I, I didn't feel necessarily that Manuel Artiaga had the best of games. I know you brought that up. I maybe defend him a little bit after the game. Rolls but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel as though it, it, it's just one of those kind of, Positions where you look at it, then and go, okay, he didn't have a great game, but what is ultimately the alternative? Um, and I think that's probably the biggest lesson I took away from this. Um, was it really underlined to me the idea of what do you do to change things up at that number nine position? Because it, and and that's not a comment on Manuel Artiaga is not good enough. I mean, players have good or bad games. It happens. This, you know, I mean, especially early doors in the season and a brand new team. Yeah. There's going to be fluctuation, but 
The problem is, how do you change the game without having to realistically change how this team is approaching the game? Because um, there is no true backup number nine on this squad. No, at let's, least let's at, le- at least not I mean, like for like in any way that the either the build or profile you, yeah, that you, can, you can play Danny Trejo up top, right. but it's, he's not as physical. No. He's nowhere near physical enough. You've got Liam Mullins, who I mean, Michael is here mentioning in the chat. Liam Mullins, of course, who look, he, he's a talented kid. He's a talented kid, no, no question at all. He's also seventeen. If you're relying on him as your backup striker outside of really extreme circumstances, you, you've got a problem. You shouldn't be relying on him to be your backup striker in that kind of a position because I, I, I want to see him get some minutes this year. Yeah. I don't want to see him relied on for long periods of time. What happens if, if Manuel Arteaga has a bad run of form? Mamas, if he has a bad game, you want to change things in game. What happens if he gets injured? We, we don't know. We don't know. And I think when, when it was kind of looking back at it now and thinking okay how could things have changed how could things have been corrected in game and how could those tweaks have been made it's realizing that actually at least at the number nine spot there's nothing you could have done mm-hmm. um you you've got one guy yeah you've got one guy realistically yeah and i think there's um you know we kind of profiled right that if there are going to be different tweaks and formations to this team, there's a lot of fluidity along the back line. Guys can play center back, outside back, whatever have you, whatever the term you want. And there is a bit of fluidity in the midfield. Really not much on the attacking end of things. And that's something where, especially with so many new attacking guys you're looking to bring in a mix, I think that is a, a real recipe to really help mess up the chemistry by trying to switch your position in order to fill in a number nine. I mean, this is a per- it's perfect timing. Let's actually pull up. We have Manuel Arteaga's um, heat map, if you will, from uh, Saturday's match. And kind of going off your point, right? It wasn't his most effect. I don't think it was his most effective game. You maybe had a bit differences. What are I mean, you seeing he, from this map? He gets involved around different parts of the field here. Right. For those of you who are watching, look, I know it says on the direction of play, left is the defensive end. Yep. Right is the attacking end for Phoenix Rising on this particular graphic. He gets involved, but there's very little that he gets involved in areas where you'd look at and say, where do you want your number nine to be? Yep. Um, I- he, he's just not in the right spots for that per se is he he's right i mean you, i know max you made the joke before about that blob in the middle is probably kickoffs yeah it wouldn't shock me if it was this, but and I'll, I'll explain for those that are listening on audio this is a freaking horrible medium but essentially we're looking at man Menno atiaga's heat map and essentially the three areas where he popped up most on the pitch was inside the center circle Pretty much right on the defensive half of the halfway line. On the left-hand side. On the left-hand side. And right on the border in between the attacking third and the middle third. That's pretty much it. There's a little bit of shading inside the 18-yard box. A little bit here and there on the on the sidelines. But really, it's concentrated almost in the midfield. All, almost all of that is, is in the midfield. Yeah, that's, that's and it was not when, really... And it was when Rising was, was getting pressed for... You know, really from that 30 minute through the 70th minute where for half the match for those 40 minutes where they were getting pressed by Charleston and Charleston was just carrying the ball. Manuel Tiago was often the furthest guy forward and he was, you know, still in Rising's defensive half. Yeah, he he was, look, look, and look, I've seen it in some of the friendlies this season when you actually think about it and you think about how, um, you know, just he's getting involved a little bit deeper and that can be a good thing especially when you've got people like Danny Trejo you've got people like 
uh, Federico Varela and other people, Emil Cuejo, um, and even people who are going to run down the wings. Uh, Ericsson Gallardo yeah. wasn't available in this game, of course. Um, it, it can be all right that he drops deeper. That's fine. Yep. But the problem is we didn't really see him even getting that involved, I think, in terms of flicking onto other people further up. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, look, again, it's one game. I'm not reading too much into it. It would be harsh to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has good games. Everyone has bad games. Um, even the best of players will have some bad games. 100%. But it just feels as though it was a bit sluggish in general, in the attack yeah. as a whole. And I don't think that he did anything hugely positive to to impact that in the right way yeah and i mean i i mean even seeing you know pat's comment to be fair did anyone have an attacking positive heat map and like realistically not as many but my whole thing is the knock on artiaga and a lot of people's you know criticisms is you know i'm seeing the comments here he missed you know he missed multiple chances he's not as consistent of a finisher and like that's all well and good the reason why I rated him in terms of like he can be a productive number nine is based on the positions that he took up, his physicality up front, holding that last defender. And when you are not even in those positions, whether, you know, whether it's by your team not having the lion's share of the possession, which at moments during that match they didn't, or you're just tracking so far back that you're not able to push the defense, whatever the reason is, if that's what your strength is and you're not able to utilize it, whether it's your fault or not, it's really tough to show, you know, shine and do what he does. Yeah, it's 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 difficult, right? And I think the entire front three, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. were really not at their best um, in that game. I just don't think they were. I don't think that they created enough chances. I just think that the the product from Rising in the final third in general was was poor. Definitely. Now they didn't get there in, in general as much as you'd have hoped, um, but even when they did, it wasn't hugely efficient. Now. We do actually have another graphic to throw up, don't we? And it's a kind of a passing map here. So what yep. this shows, this is from the second half only. If we showed you from the whole game, it would be a mess, right? It would be way too much to process anything. Now in this one, apologies for those of you who are getting confused. It's going the opposite direction to how the previous map went. You can see the fact that there's so little when you get into the attacking third. Yep. Rising completed a lot of passes, over 300 passes, I believe, in the entire game. Yep. But the overwhelming majority of those are coming in their own half. Yes. In fact, if we count there, it's one, two, three, four, five right. passes, maybe six, is it, that actually end in the... I think it's five that actually end five. in the in the penalty area. And you're even, penalty well, area. And not only that, That's you're, not good enough. Not only that, if you're even looking at the direction of really where those passes are going and its intention, you really only see... Well, I mean, I guess two of them are kind of looking like they're in on goal and one out of the two of them you actually converted where it was a, essentially a tap-in by Danny Trejo on the six yard box. That's just not a fit. I mean, it's it's just not good enough. I mean, we went over the numbers a bit on Saturday during post-match. Again, the touches in the opponent's final box, 11 total touches throughout the 90 minutes. It's just not gonna be productive enough. Final third entries, 32 final third entries where they carry the ball within that final third. And again, like if you're looking at this by comparison, Charleston has essentially double in both numbers. It's just something that it's not going to be higher caliber enough to really threaten a defense. It'll come with time. Mm. There's a lot of new phases offensively, but 
those numbers, you just can't have one or two chances a game and hope that you go off that. It didn't work last season, and it's just not going to work this time around. No, in fact, if we if we get more into the passing as well and look, so I can pull up now the, the top five passing combinations from that one. This so that's just one, yeah. who's passing it to who. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, the most common pass that Phoenix Rising made in this game was from Rocco Riosnovo to uh, Danny Crutzen. Mm-hmm. Then it was Kev Lambert to Rocco Riosnovo. Yep. Then it was uh, Daniel Crutzen to Kevin Lambert. I'm noticing a theme here. Then it was Rocco Rios Novo to Kevin Lambert. There's another theme. And then it was Mo Traore to Daniel Crutzen. What These are all really negative passing around the defenders and the goalkeeper. Three of those top five combinations involved the goalkeeper in some capacity. Yeah. Okay, what Phoenix Rising got trapped in, I feel, in this one, and this can be the the downside sometimes to a possession-based system, right? We know that that's what Hungary wants to implement. The problem with it comes, what happens when people aren't getting behind the lines, what when people aren't getting into good positions to create those passing lanes and to create options for you to work your way out of the back, is that it becomes quite stagnant. Mm-hmm. You get stuck in positions where you are quite deep. You're just kind of knocking it around. You're waiting for yeah. something to appear, and it never appears. And so if you're not getting into those positions, you're going to see a performance that is, in general, pretty slow. I mean, I know Mo Traore is getting some real stick in our yeah. chat right now, okay? He's getting some yeah. real stick in there. But yeah. the thing is, at least he was actually running at some point. Yeah. He was actually trying to dribble up and make something happen. The problem comes when you're just kind of chilling in the back and you're just knocking it from side to side yeah. and you play it back to the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper plays it then to another defender and it doesn't really go anywhere and for a lot of the game that was what it felt like phoenix rising were more doing um it's it's disappointing it's disappointing because this possession-based system could be so exciting it can yeah. be look again we, we don't want to see a kind of you know the complete opposite, which is where you just hoof the ball and it's no, it's. I but, mean, but there's not, there wasn't any real creativity yeah. in the past. I mean, again, like the, the thing that we keep harping on is like this, especially when you're playing an attacking uh, for uh, yeah, a possession-based system. It takes time. It's the first regular season match, and we we do stress that like it does take patience. I think the thing that's interesting to me, right, and especially this is after the goal happened is it was a bit more, not just hoofing enough to hoof it, but they they essentially looked to play into the midfield because we saw really throughout that first 60 minutes, it was, like to your point, those combinations were from goalkeeper to along the back line and the back line from one defender to another. And it's almost like I kind of felt when I was watching, they were so hell-bent on following the instructions, which I get, that's the initiative. You want to you wanna build that foundation early in the season. But they were so hell-bent on building that that there were at times, even if there was an open runner or someone made a run, it just wasn't seeming like it was getting picked up or they were even looking for that. And then you kind of see that shift after the 60th minute where they play into, into feet and in the holding midfield, they then lump it over the top. And again, it was an intentional ball, but that just opens up things completely of, okay, when you're actually able to break lines, when they were breaking lines a bit in early in the first half, that's when they had their most success. And I think it's finding the balance with these players, with this coaching staff of how you go about building this foundation, but also not being so, hey, we're doing this no matter what and foregoing opportunities just for the sake of doing it. I think that is the the, the real crux of this. And it, it kind of goes to something we spoke about, I think, maybe last week, maybe the week before. And we were talking about, okay, 
how long does Juan really have to implement his system? Because he's trying to implement a specific kind of system here. And yes, you have to give him time. Of course you do. But the the kind of downside to that sometimes is that you do go for spells where you don't get results that maybe you could have gotten. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that's a bit... Uh, you know, uncalled for here. Um, I mean, Charleston, I believe, put up the most, the highest XG of any team um, this weekend in USL, which speaks to the kind of chances that they were able to create. A lot of them were headers in the penalty area. Um, mm. You know, and obviously the goal and the the attempted tapping right before the goal um, were both also pretty high value mm -hmm. chances. But um, it, it it kind of just speaks to that, which is, okay, yes, this thing's going to take time, but how long is reasonable? Um, how long is reasonable to stick to the exact same plan of, okay, we're going to make this work, we're going to make it work by doing this, this, and this. And if it doesn't seem to be clicking, how long can you kind of beat the old horse and just say, you're gonna just stick on stick the course. Yeah, and I think even with that, I mean, there's and I think two, it can work. No, and, there, and, and there's two ways to look at it. People can look at it from a super specific view where this is within a game, and then it's within over a season. I think that even if something isn't developing in a game, and maybe you have a stretch of games where you're not as offensively, I don't think that means you have to overhaul your match throughout the system throughout an entire season. However, when you look at it from a game by game standpoint, it means that maybe you start being a bit more direct and looking to bypass levels a bit early on in the game because then that kind of takes the weight off of, okay, our last couple of matches, maybe we haven't been as offensive. How do we retool things in the big picture? If you focus on what's going on in the moment and you look to pick your heads up, you then play in midfield, you play into the forwards, the guys who are checking back, all of that builds up. So I think that to me is where you look at it. Yeah, and I think the other thing that really is you kind of have to, if you're going to be breaking this down and kind of analyzing it, the one way that you need to look at it, if you are Juan, is you need to kind of break down, okay, who is getting in the right positions, who is not? Who is making the right passes, who is not? Yeah. Because especially looking at that back line, look, I know that maybe the choices aren't there right now. The number of players that were banged up on the weekend and Carlos Harvey being away in, in that friendly against Panama well, for Panama against Guatemala. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's difficult, but at the same time, you've really got to break down. Are you having the right people out there to, yeah. to make those passes out of the back to find those opportunities and actually kind of break that cycle of just passing it around without really necessarily having a purpose to the passing other than holding on to the ball. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's whoever's in there. You want to bring in guys who, whether they are expected starters or guys who are filling in, that they're able to rise the occasion, fit the system, but then, again, have that bit of flexibility where if things you've been doing in the game for however X amount, 30, 40, 50 minutes, whatever it is, being able to say, hey, let's maybe look to be a bit more breaking lines and just not be so... How can I how can I explain it? You, you don't want to be so we're doing this just for the sake of doing it because that's how we build a foundation. A foundation can be fluid. A foundation does not have to be we do this or else, even if it doesn't work. There, I think Juan, he's seen that he's a very flexible guy um, from a foundation and a system standpoint. So we'll see how the ebbs and flows. Again, it's the philosophy. It's not necessarily the um, 
That's not good. The philosophy has to be consistent. The implementation does not have to be consistent. Definitely. You can be a little bit more fluid with that implementation so long as you're sticking true to the principle behind it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, speaking of sticking true to what's going on and everything like that, Circle K, man. We love our friends at Circle K. And really, they've been sticking true with us during this new partnership. And to kick things off with what we've been doing, we teamed up for an amazing giveaway opportunity Text PHNX to 31310 for an opportunity to win a $500 gas card. See the show notes for details. I also want to make very clear that if you do text, it shows that the winner will be announced next week. So if you have not texted PHNX to 31310, A, what the heck are you doing? B, what the heck are you doing? And C, do it now because this only goes through next week. They will are going to be doing offers with us all throughout the year. So it's gonna rotate, maybe one time it's a gas card, maybe it's a free snack pack or whatever. But if you want free gas, that's expensive. I filled up yesterday, it was like $4 a gallon. My Toyota Camry, it's like 60 bucks right there. If you're doing the math, it's a lot. So get yourself a couple tanks worth of gas. Text PHNX 31310, do it now. And you know, when you go to Circle K, you can stock up with Four Peaks. We're drinking Four Peaks. I'm repping Four Peaks. It says drink beer, give back with a school bus on it because that's uh, their their Wowie, their Wowie Joy Bus. There's like a cool little bus on it. Uh, it's we, we are we're all we are Teal Tuesday, I guess. Someone said that earlier. You know we're kind of different uh, tones slightly here, slightly different shades, slightly different tones. Yeah. And I guess people really like his uh, banditos kit. But anyway, if you want to support our friends at Four Peaks, you already know best place to spend St. Patty's Day. It's at their 8th Street Pub, of course. Hang with your friends and enjoy a damn good time. They got the wows, the stouts, the porters, the kill lifters. Uh, my beer is not done, sir. Must be. Thank you very much. Must be 21. Up, man. Oh, beer, man. Tower can commence. I, come, come on. We, we always build the tower throughout the show. But of course, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. All righty. So we talked about Charleston. You know what, I'll actually butt in though for a second here and say, actually, the Typical. chat, guys, you've been Typ- pretty slow today, yeah, which I like to imagine means that you're taking our thoughtful uh, arguments on board and really thinking about them. But we the th- reality we- is we want you to throw stuff back at us. We throw, we throw. Talk to us about it. Thank you, Eddie. Beer we want to hear what you guys think. We want to hear what you guys think. So we, hop in. We throw, Shout us if you we throw analytics and charts at them and suddenly they're like, what is this? Big brains over here. That's right. We're getting it. We're, we're, the, we're the whiz kids, the wonder kids. Shout out people who like Ted Lasso. New season tomorrow, baby. Tomorrow. Shout, put it out in the chat if you're a Ted Lasso fan and, and who your favorite character is. I'm actually really curious because I don't think we've asked that question in the I think chat. it comes out tonight here. I oh. think it comes out tomorrow in the UK. Oh. I think it's tonight here. Oh. I will double check for you. Uh, I think okay. it's tonight here. All right, we're looking. We're fact checking. If you are a Ted Lasso fan, please let us know. And let us know who your favorite character is, all that stuff, please. Because I'm a, I'm a big Ted Lasso fan. I think a lot of us are here. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, so it drops. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, it may have or may not have already dropped. Um, it says 6 p.m. today. So it's, I believe. It's currently live, I think. Hang oh. on a minute. All right, I'm just going to leave immediately right now. No, but... Yeah. No, but I'll, yeah, it's it's currently live. So. No, no, Charles, it's all right. If you're like Charles, still learning the ins and outs, we love it. We we everyone from the novices to the seasoned veterans to a, a guy who just kind of rambles on and drinks beer like me. We 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 got homes for all of you. Uh, Thomas, don't do that. Come on. 
Don't, don't. We're not, we're not, we're not. I'm not going to even put that in the audio. We're not doing that. Hey, let's move on swiftly away from that. Um, we talked about Charleston. Um, gosh, darn it. <laughs> um, we, we talked about Charleston and really what the first week looked like. It now turns our attention to a familiar opponent, a one San Diego loyal with a bit of a new wrinkle in that we're not going to be seeing everyone's favorite uh away coach perhaps yeah landon donovan i know everyone everyone I know, ev- everyone hold 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 the uh, hold your sadness you know now you can vent in the chat if you feel like it no more facing landon donovan on the manager side uh we'll take a moment i don't know why he hasn't died well, he hasn't died well, he hasn't died, well, he hasn't died but yeah <laughs> no but uh he will not be he will not no. be or should not be on the touchline at least he is no longer the head coach of san diego loyal he's moved upstairs yeah. and bestowed that honor on nate miller who was in many ways already the head coach of san diego loyal in all but title alone put your true in fact, feelings in the, donovan in the he chat. was the associate head coach which yeah. is a title you give to someone who is the head coach but who you don't want to be the figurehead. That's right. between the lines, folks. So they, there's a fair bit to kind of dissect with San Diego. I think the first thing we should do, because of course there was a game, San Diego did have a game on the weekend. And we should probably take a look at that, have a look at some of the numbers from that game. Uh, San Diego Loyal beating Detroit City by a scoreline of one goal to nil against, uh, well, that game was played at Torero Stadium. Um, San Diego had. A slight edge in the possession, 54%. However, Detroit City were the ones creating the chances there. The XG for Detroit City, 1.39 compared to San Diego's 0.78. That means that you're expecting that Detroit City's chances should probably create more goals than San Diego Loyal's chance in the game. Even though if you actually look at the shots, San Diego 14 shots, Detroit 16. So what that tells us more than anything is that Detroit were quite wasteful, but it does tell us that San Diego Loyal will leak opportunities. We like that. They will allow chances. In fact, Call if, you your at, if you look at Detroit and you look at the opportunities that they had, they had, I believe, about three shots from relatively um, close range, very close to that six-yard area. One, I think, was inside. The other two were just outside of it. And they couldn't keep them on target. Yeah. So the problem there is not so much the fact that San Diego defended well to keep this clean sheet. It's not even that San Diego's goalkeeper stood on his head. The issue there is that Detroit City couldn't finish. And so, to me, that gives hope. That definitely gives some hope when you're looking at this and think, okay, I think that they're going to be able to create chances against these. Now, of course, the issue comes that Phoenix Rising struggled with creating chances in the last game. So are they going to ultimately take advantage of the opportunities that San Diego are providing them? Or are they going to look relatively impotent as they did last weekend? We don't know. We don't know right now. Um, Meanwhile, on the other end of the field, I think we should actually have a a little bit of a talk, actually, about a certain signing that has come in. Who has signed for San Diego Loyal this week, Max? You got it. You're leaving it to me. I am leaving it to you. Do you not know who signed I do, but honestly, I don't have the... Oh, he's tossing it over to me. Oh, yes. I'm I'm turning it over to you. Of course, Mm. is. One and only Ronaldo Damas, hmm. Haitian internationals forward who won the title with Orange County in 2021. He was also the USL Championship final MVP in that game, uh, scoring in the final, two goals in the final. 
I mean, Tampa defending him atrociously. I don't know why they were surprised that he scored two goals in that game, but scored two goals in that final, double digits on the whole season, and a real thorn in the side of a lot of teams out West. So to me, that's a concern. Um, Perhaps more of a concern. I don't know if he's going to, how ready he will be for the game on Saturday, or if we're looking at someone who's more likely to feature in the return leg two weeks later when they come to Phoenix. But, if you're Phoenix Rising, you're not really happy to see that transfer going through in time to give him the chance to feature against this team because he is... Uh, Michael, stop with that. He scored a lot of goals in that season, okay? He scored a good number of goals in that season. We're not calling Ronaldo Damas a waste man, okay? He was, he was a decent player, and I think he's a guy with a good eye for goal who can cause some real trouble to Rising's back line. Especially with perhaps a reshuffling a bit within the back line. You know, Carlos Harvey coming back, um, especially, I mean, gosh, you saw um, Fuen Mayor go off, Darnell King possibly could be in the mix, and he got subbed out. Like, there's a lot of, it's early on, but even you just look at what happened in the first match, and there's already kind of a bit of fluidity in that back line. So, uh, listen, the, the right guys will step up and start, but... That's not something you particularly want to see. And yeah, you've got to be licking your chops if you're you know, playing Phoenix and it's like, OK, well, you know, early in the season, just sign on with San Diego Loyal and I'm seeing a reshuffled back line. 18 goals, yeah. 18 goals in 21 between the regular season and the uh, playoffs. He scored in, I believe it was 13 different games in the regular season. OK. So is he one to really rack up the score in most of these games? No, he'll score the one goal and then mostly be done. But Mm. still, still, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. And I don't really want to downplay what he can do. I mean, he scored 16 goals with North Texas the year before. Very good North Texas team, that one, that produced quite a few very good players. I'd say good good academy, good good system. Yeah, I mean, they had a really good system there. I mean, they put out, wasn't Pepe in that team? Um, You had Arturo Rodriguez in that team. Do you even like, uh, what's it called, like uh, West McKennian guys go through that, or am I... Well, I'm thinking about this one team, that 2019 North Texas Oh, the recent, team. recent, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that one very specific team. Arturo, and Pepe. That, that was a very good team when you actually break it down, who was involved there. Look, Ronaldo Damas, to me, I, I, I don't care what Michael's saying in the mm-hmm. chat. He is a very, very serious threat. This is a guy who, at different levels of USL, has put up double-digit seasons. Yeah. And so I'm concerned. I'm concerned to see him taking the field against Phoenix Rising. Maybe this first game, not knowing when he has arrived, not knowing all these various different things. But from the way that it's been described and the way that people talk about how this loan has been in the in the move for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. This isn't something that's that's new. They've been talking about it for a few weeks now, and therefore it's possible that he's already come over and they were just working on paperwork. We don't know. Look, it, it's. I just think that this is something that we should be concerned about from a Phoenix Rising perspective when you're looking at it and you're looking at a team that can put up someone very, very dangerous in that attack. Now, we should probably speak a little bit more about the attack. We should look at what they did a little bit in that last game. So we have one more graphic for you now. This is looking at San Diego, what they call attacking thirds. So it's showing where the thrust of the attack is. 42.8% of their attacks coming down that left wing. 332 coming down the right wing. And uh, 24 going up the middle. Of course, it's a little bit of a skew to the left wing there. Um, Obviously, Andrew Carlton's not there anymore. But 
you know, when you're, when you're looking at that, Nick Moon was quite pivotal in terms of being a bit higher. What's actually interesting about that then is Detroit, theirs was flipped, mm. um, partly because Nick Moon was higher up the field on that left-hand side so, for San Diego. They're yep. still playing that kind of back three. Sure. So when they're doing that and the guy on the left is higher up there, there's leaving more space there. You're dragging that center back out wide. You're leaving space to try and attack down that left-hand side. But San Diego, a team that were definitely a little bit more on the left than in any other position. One other thing that was interesting was that from set pieces, they had four set pieces. And the set pieces, I believe it was Charlie Adams was taking them. Um, mm. Two of them were successful crosses to unsuccessful crosses so yeah. they are actually getting on the end of some of those well and, and especially knowing granted it wasn't the first ball but i mean that's how rising conceded in that in their match against charleston where it was off a corner not necessarily the same thing as a cross but right like getting into those attacking positions that's tough i am curious though how this new how the new signing impacts that do you maybe see a bit more balance through the midfield or watching his game have you seen that he kind of drifts perhaps a bit throughout and maybe not the true number nine center holding up the ball on the back line what an interesting like? one i mean we're not really gonna know i think until we see him actually take the field with, ah. with san diego i mean it's nice fence city uh answer to your question but i i, I am intrigued to see it fence no city. because it's it, it's it's true right a lot of players you'll see and you'll think well this is how i think they'd fit best yeah. in my mind but that's not what the coaching staff think they'll put something out that's different they'll put something out that is you know, they'll want the player more maybe to adapt to them than mm. them adapt to the player. Until we see him out on the field and we see what it is that San Diego are really expecting him to do, all we know is that this is someone who has got a track record of scoring goals in this league. And that is enough to be concerned. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, it's interesting. We kind of going off of Rising's lineup and right, kind of this may be a bit of a prediction time. We saw who they rolled out against Charleston. We know that there's maybe some guys coming back into the mix, maybe a potential injury here and there. Do we see wholesale changes through the lineup? I don't think we'll see wholesale. Okay. I don't I, think so. I don't think so I either. Think, I think you have to bear in mind that if someone is not fit enough to be in the squad against Charleston, my question marks is quite s sincere over whether they are going to be fit to start against San Diego. Doesn't mean they won't feature in the squad. Doesn't mean they won't come off the bench. In fact, when you had three uh, kids who'd only recently signed academy contracts in the squad, yeah. that tells you something about where the, the team was in terms of availability. Yes. So is there space for people to easily slot into that bench? Yeah, of course there is. Does it mean that I expect to see them start? No, I'd be surprised. Especially you've got a nice gap afterwards. Yep. Plenty of time to make sure they're fit. Plenty of time to make sure if you can get them a few minutes off the bench, give them 20 minutes to go run around after being out for a couple of weeks, some of these players. They haven't really featured for a little while. Yep. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. So uh, what Owen is referring to, for those of you who don't have the schedule memorized or pulled up in front of you, is Rising Plays. Away at San Diego Loyal. This Sunday, the 19th, they will have 13 days off until their next match. The home opener on April 1st. So there's some time there. I am curious to hear your thoughts and chat. Please chime in. This to me is a question that's very relevant going off of how Saturday went. Against Charleston, the man with the assist, Gabby Torres. Now listen, he had a tough preseason he was down. His form was a bit dipping compared to where he left off last season. Going into this match at San Diego Loyal, chat again, please chime in. Do you start him? 
I think the chat is going to say a resounding yes because they don't want to see Mo Traore's. I mean, yeah. Okay, the chat I just has made make, its views I on wanna, Mo Traore I want to make sure. Clear. I want to make sure. I think that Gabby Torres is going to be a popular choice among Rising's fan base. I mean, even I, I believe Rising put the the numbers out today actually from Gary Gabby Torres's time here in the Valley. Five games for Phoenix Rising. He scored three goals, got two assists, and he earned a penalty. Okay? This is a guy with a good track record in Phoenix Rising colors. So, look, I, I anticipate he could well be starting. Yeah. I think that people want to see him play ahead of Mo Traore. Um, I, I feel as though the fact that he came on and was a difference maker has proven the fact that he can uh, get that done in the system that Juan wants to play. And I, I personally would, yes, yes, I think that he should probably be starting. I think that's a realistic change. I think the other realistic change that I'd probably point to in there is I think that Carlos Harvey may well come on in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure quite how that'll work then because I th didn't think that Jose Andres Hernandez was that bad. Of course, he did go off, uh, picked up a knock later on, was taken off. Uh, Efetobo Aurora coming on in his place. So, I mean, we also don't know how fit, unfortunately, that Jose Andres Hernandez is. Yeah. Um, we should get more updates on that tomorrow. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, phnx underscore underscore rising. No, uh, we'll bring the latest uh, information yeah. out of the Phoenix Rising camp. That'll be coming tomorrow, a little bit after lunch. So just, just pay attention there. But yeah, I, I personally... I think Carlos Harvey has got a good chat to be part of this team. Um, quite where he plays. I mean, it's possible he could also play in the back. Yeah. He could play as a defender for one Mayor. I was going to say that, that to me we might don't be know the quite more... where he is. That we know that he'd be... suffered a tightness in the hotel. If and he's not 100%. Played him up on the field. Yeah. If he's not 100%, that to me may, seems to make more of a logical chance because even though Jose Andres Hernandez did not have the best game against. Charleston, he also had, to me, he has had a solid preseason by what you've told me, about what we've seen. And I think he's a guy where, especially where you don't have a lot of that offensive, as much offensive, pushing the ball forward, and especially where they struggled with that, finding his feet. I want to see him have a bounce back game. I think you put Carlos Harvey in, in the back, knowing that he can do that job, slotting in for Fuenmayor. If he is not 100%, if, if he is fit to go, maybe that's a different conversation. But that's, to me, where I first look. Um Want to get from you and the chat yeah. chime in as well. Got to do score predictions. There's one other thing, actually. Oh yes. One other thing oh yes, of course. Yes. Oh. The 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 Mr. Referee in him. The the officiating. Please. Yeah, chime I'm here in. to scrutinize PRO. Everyone loves to scrutinize PRO, but we're doing this for slightly different reasons today. So tomorrow, uh, we've got the. We've got the uh, assignments for this from Matthew Corrigan. We'll have the whistle, whistle Mark Novacell, Fernando Fierro, and Katarina Coraleva as the fourth official. Matthew Corrigan being picked for this game surprises me. And it doesn't surprise me because of anything particularly wrong with Matthew Corrigan. Um, it surprises me because the last time that Phoenix Rising played against San Diego Loyal, Matthew Corrigan was the referee. And in that game, he showed 10 yellow cards. Uh, he sent off J.J. Williams for what was apparently, based off of what the, we've heard out of the Rising Camp, perceived to have been throwing a, a water bottle at the crowd. Uh, he did not do so. He threw it at the wall. The red card was later overturned. Um, and a member of Rising's bench personnel was also sent off in that game. The equipment manager was sent mm -hmm. off. So 
I mean, and just to add to that as well, of course, the talk that was coming out of Rising at the time was as though Corrigan had been bullied into these actions. The San Diego bench was throwing its weight around. Um, I, I know a lot of people bring up stuff about Landon Donovan saying, oh, he was one who would bully referees. Nate Miller's got a reputation for it as well, okay? In, in some ways, people around the various clubs in the league have said, Nate Miller's worse. Um, things that come out of his mouth to referees. So... I just don't like the optics of this assignment. I feel that in some ways, PRO are setting him up to fail in this game because I just fear that what happens is a couple of decisions go against Phoenix Rising. Stuff gets a little bit chirpy because, mm -hmm. I mean, there can be 50-50 decisions and someone's got to have them. Um, and some of this bad feeling perhaps from the last game comes back. I, I don't know. I mean... Look, uh, do I think that Phoenix Rising is going to go out and create some big storm around this? No, no. Do I think that it's just bad planning on PRO's part to set up this situation where it was not necessary, um, whereby Corrigan could have been assigned to a different game this weekend and they brought in a different referee to take this game to avoid even looking like there could be any hmm. risk of problems here. Yes, yes, I think they could have. And to be perfectly frank, I think that in most places around the world, they would have. I don't think that this is a particularly good decision to assign him to this one particular game. Hmm. And, well, if you can shed some insight within those decisions like that, are referees, are they based like off the regional thing where, hey, you're going to work a game that's within the area of yourself? Now, granted... There's no, a, there's no, a, there's no. other assistants and fourth officials. Okay. Yes, that does to an extent. Okay. Not always with the assistants, okay, but this, sometimes. Okay. But Ma Matthew Corrigan, if I'm not mistaken, is from Oklahoma. Mm. Okay. More so you know. okay. They, they, they do fly. The, the, the center officials are moved around more so. Okay. They are flown around more so. Okay. Um, sometimes assistant referees are flown as well. Sometimes they take more locally. Perfect example, and this one baffles me. I'm not sure what Piero are doing. Noah Kenyawani flown out to Charleston. Um, Noah Kenyawani is a former track athlete at ASU who lives in Tempe, and they flew him to Charleston to run the line at Phoenix Rising's game. Now, I'm, it's beyond me why they decided that was a good idea, but hey, it happens. Hey, I mean, Producer Sean logistically, is shaking his head. I'm just like, why? Vigorously. Why? But PRO is going to PRO by the sounds. Um, I don't know how things are changing in the post-Howard Webb era there, but um, very... Interesting assignments. I'm not sure. Pro not being pros. Okay. Um. Yeah. That's a that's an interesting one. That's kind of wonky. Uh, that's how I describe it. Um. Going back All to right. my earlier question, I need a prediction from you, sir. Give me a scoreline, please. And I saw I saw oh. I saw Mr. Tomas in the chat. I need some others, please. Chime in. One all. Mikey, Pat, everyone. I'm going with another one all. Interesting. You went with Ronaldo Damas is going to score a rising. No, just to shut Michael no, on. It's, it's too. It, you went with a win last week. I went with the one all draw. So I'm running the hot hand. No, you know what? This will. I might play spoiler. Give me, give me a two one rising. I'm feeling a bit optimistic. Ooh. I'm feeling optimistic. Tats, please, chat, chime in. Chime in. Tell me I if. Like it. Tell me if I'm crazy. Tell me if I don't know what I'm talking about. Perhaps. I mean, it doesn't mean that you know what you're talking about anyway. I, listen, I got one. I got one. I'm one of one, baby. You're one to talk. But hey, they, they might think I'm crazy. They might think I'm sane. Maybe they think I'm just on a some... A lot of one ones in here. Maybe, Thank you, guys. Maybe they, hey, maybe they just think I'm on some OGs. You know, bam. It's official, folks. Oh, 
claps for Deshaun, rolling his eyes on that one. We're all rolling our eyes, that Max. Is, don't you worry. Don't, don't you, you worry. Can't nah, stop. I was on board with the transition, and then you stopped yourself. Shoot, that's the problem. That's great. where the problem is, Mike. Stop stopping yourself. Follow Mike, Move straight on in. Mike, you five four dumbest. I'm assuming that's in Phoenix Rising's favor. All right, well. How many own goals from Davis then, Michael? Maybe you both are on some OGs. It's yeah. official OGs, two strawberries and cream, happy balance. Gummies are live on the shelves. As always, you can find them at your local dispensary by checking out ogsbrands.com. That is O-G-E-E-Z, brands.com. And while you're doing so, make sure you're looking damn good while you're wearing some bad freaking Birdie, baby. They got all kinds of new apparel, golf, polos, hats, pullovers. It's short season. Get yourself some nice khaki shorts or whatever you folks are wearing to watch games or doing whatever. Get yourself some bad birdie. They got all good stuff. And when you use promo code PHNX Sports underscore 15, you can get 15% off your next order at badbirdiegolf.com. Once again, that is P-H-N-X sports underscore 15. It's come up on the screen yes, in case you're wondering. 15% off your next order at badbirdiegolf.com. Get yourself some today. And like I want to say, I wear bad birdie. So if you want to look like me, well, I'm, 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 that's, not, that's a bad segue. If you want to look better than me, wear bad birdie golf. Do you it want, today. If you want to wear the Max style, but wear it better than Max can wear it's it. It's not hard to do. Get bad birdie. Makes it easy. Um... All right, man. We we talked about Charleston. We talked about San Diego. By the way, I, this is something I am curious. Is it's going to be interesting playing San Diego in consecutive matchups, but with a week apart? I, I don't really have like I guess a question out of that. I just think that's that's an interesting scenario you don't often see. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting that there's this away game now coming up at the yeah. same time as US Soccer hosting their AGM. In San Diego. So if you want to see live tweets this from the man, National Council meeting, rumor has it that I may or may not be going. Rumor, uh, rumor has it if you tag him, uh, if you're in San Diego, he'll buy you a beer. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Okay, wait, how, how come it works when you when you think you say it and that works, but when I say it, it doesn't happen? Because when I say it, everyone agrees with me in the chat. Guys, agree with the chat. Oh, if you're in San Diego, he'll buy you yeah. a beer. Right, I hear that if you go up to the bar and say, put it under Simpson, it works. I'm not going to even be in San Diego. You are absurd. Anyway, worry, guys, I've got his card. He doesn't. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of matchups going on in the USL, a lot of interesting results from yeah. around the league. Yeah, there were actually. I mean, Loudon United. Yeah, who would have freaking thought? I mean, they did it last year as well, to be fair. So maybe yeah. we should have thought. Yeah, but I mean, you saw how their season went. <laughs> it did, it did. A little bit different this year than what they've got out there. Of course, uh, Lauren Kisiedu, um getting himself sent off in that one. Congratulations for that. It was really impressive <laughs> to see. Congratulations um, for that. There yeah, you know. I mean, actually, I'll give the referee credit in that when he actually handled the thing correctly because you have the player comes up behind him, kind of like rubs him on the head like this, and his reaction is to do that. Be awesome. was kind of so nice, he gets so. sent off, but the other player gets a yellow, which is... Yeah, for correct. those of you who are on audio, Owen just essentially tussled my hair, but I have a hat on. Tussled but his hair, imagine that. Then it was followed nice. it up with a elbow. That was not nice. Yeah, which the, I didn't make the, contact, the tussle is nice, the elbow... Nice, just want to yeah, that. yeah. So mm-hmm. there we go. Lanny United running out as three-one winners in that game. Of course, I wasn't the only one with red cards. Mm-hmm. We saw some red cards as well from the undisputed red card champions of USL Las Vegas Lights. Oh goodness! As uh, Anwar Ben Ruma Torres getting himself sent off. Two yellow cards quite late in that game. 
Eric Pimentel also getting himself sent off in that game for two yellow cards. The difference being that Pimentel's yellow card's coming in the same sequence of events. He gets a <laughs> yellow card for a foul and then gets a yellow card immediately after for his reaction to another player going up like chest to chest, chest bumping him kind of like aggressively. So he gets two yellow cards between the stoppage of play and the restart of play. And he's sent <laughs> off for that one. His side there actually is a one all draw. RGB putting it in the net both times. Taylor Davila scoring an own goal four minutes in before Ricky Ruiz with a banger of a goal. Banger? Right before Certified the Certified banger? Very good goal. Very good goal. I like that. I like that. Well, that's honestly impressive to have a sequence of events where you're getting two yellows in a span of, what is that, a couple seconds, whatever. Like, that's that takes talent. That takes a hothead who's out of control, out of dang control. I love that. Like not for yeah. not for not if it happened to rise. You know what else is out of control? Hit me. Monterey Bay against Hartford Athletic. Is that that right? game ending five three in Monterey Bay's favor. If you like we goals, one, two, defense. three, and four goals coming in the last six minutes of mm. the first half. So Monterey Bay took an early lead there. Alex Dixon. He ends up getting a hat trick before half time, adding a Cave Rad own goal right on the stroke of the break, and Cave Rad. Scoring at the other end as well. And uh, you had what was a 4 2 uh, scoreline at the break. Adrian Rabala and Prince Sadie, former rising player there. Prince Sadie for Hartford Athletic. He had a brace, uh, and the result, of course, 5 3 mm -hmm. to Monterey Bay. Some other interesting ones as well. I think uh, Aiden Quinn with a. Yes, with goal a. Goal on his Indy 11 debut. A lot of question marks over that one. Was the foul inside the area? Was it outside? Looks like it's mostly outside. But the question here, and this is where it gets complicated, it's a hold. We always apply the advantage principle to a hold. We're going to presume that as long as that hold is ongoing, we're going to let them play until the final point of that hold. That is where we're going to award the foul. Is he just in? Is he just out? Not sure. Bear in mind that those still images you see, of course, are partway through the hold. Mm. So never take them at face value. You need to really watch a video to try and make that judgment call. The assistant referee says it's in. That gets an equalizer on the board, 90 plus six. So Indy 11 getting a point away to Tampa Bay. San Antonio starting the title defense. Yeah. And starting it emphatically. They were tuning up at the break. Nico Hansen and Lamar Batista. Uh, against Oakland Roots before uh, Guillermo Fernando Diaz getting a goal back for Oakland, but Lamar Batista with his second. 3-1 to San Antonio on their home pitch. Uh, any others that we really want to pull out? Honestly, kind of touched on the... I mean, too, I mean, San Antonio picking up right where they left off against Juan Guerra's former club. Um, yeah, emphatic. They're looking good this year. I mean, right, I think a lot of people pegged the Tampa versus Indy 11 matchup to be the quote-unquote game of the week in many people's eyes. And, I mean, yeah, a 1-1 scoreline with some late drama never ceases to disappoint. Um, taking a look at some of the other matchups from this up for this upcoming weekend and week, uh, right? I mean, we already saw tomorrow we have El Paso Locomotive versus Colorado Springs switchbacks. Birmingham Legion FC Tulsa on Friday. And then you have a whole slate on Saturday. A couple juicy ones. Or uh, even, ooh, I mean, Sacramento, Sac Republic facing Charleston Battery. Um, kind of going off of Rising's result with them. 
And then again on Sunday, got Rio Grande Valley, RGV against Oakland Roots. That to me, I mean, man, all, both those guys, those could, be, those could be anywhere from, shoot, fighting to get into one of those last spots to really trying to solidify those, I don't know, anywhere from mid-table within the West there. Yeah. Well, let's have a look, though, actually, at that game tomorrow, because, of course, that game tomorrow, El Paso against Colorado Springs, we got odds. Of course we do. We got odds with our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You want to back El Paso Locomotive right now? Plus 135. Colorado Springs, plus 160. And a draw at plus 255. Max, what are you taking? So we talked about this earlier. I went with the draw. I like the draw. Again. You went with the draw? Listen, as I've all said last season, I'm already in peak midseason form. The game starts as a draw. Very likely it can end with a draw. That's just how it could work. Take the draw. When have I ever let you guys down? Come on. You know, you know what? Here's one for you. They've lost a little bit of the attacking uh, firepower in, in Colorado Springs. And El Paso also, of course, kept to a 1-0 loss. Yeah. Um, I'm liking the under 1.5 total goals at plus 310. So if you think there's only going to be one or zero goals in this game... Plus zero, zero is less than 1.5. Yep, can confirm. I like that. Okay. Well, you also, you talked to me earlier about the... Um, Gosh, what is it? The uh, the, pl- the plus money with uh, the draw. Draw no bet. Yeah, draw no bet at the moment. El Paso is minus 150. Colorado Springs at minus 120. If you so. want to decrease your odds, but it gives you a better chance of taking home some coins. So, hey. Better chance of not losing. Yeah, pretty correct, much. Correct, correct. You know, a lot of options there. But, hey, you want to get down on winning some money and doing all that stuff, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code PHNX, just like in the top left-hand corner if you're watching on video and if you're listening on audio heed my words use coach phnx on the DraftKings sportsbook app new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly only at the DraftKings sportsbook with code phnx minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see the show notes for details and there's always fun things to be had at the DraftKings Sportsbook app but same thing with what we've got going on at PHNX it's our new tea party next one has been announced it's live at Dobson Ranch come join us on Friday March 24th for a night of golf food drinks contests prizes more 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 things it's gonna be you so sound like a broken record right there max uh, well i mean it kind of did on the fourth or fifth more but anyway come hang with us we're gonna be doing a watch party with suns fans diehards it's gonna be the suns versus sacramento kings kings are surging had the suns number the other night come on and watch it it's gonna be at dobson ranch golf course the link is gonna be in the show notes to reserve your spots today again i've said this before i will say it again if you guys on the rising show you buy a ticket you buy a foursome he will buy you a beer i will buy you a beer i will say there we go he's doing it i will buy you a beer if you show me proof that you've bought something i will buy you a beer but we're all right if you you show proof that you've bought something oh come on stop it something something stop max i bought something no 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 no. we i did buy something we're trying we're trying to make this event even more amazing that's already gonna be oh i know remember he will buy you drinks come if you yes if you adrian if you buy a ticket and show me on twitter or in person or whatever i will buy you a beer it's gonna be so much fun if you like the suns if you like golf if you like hanging out with us whatever we had our partners out giving away free things all different types of stuff this man is watching the the man oh my gosh there's 10 minutes 10 minutes of stoppage time in austin against the 
Violette, and, and it's currently 2-0 to Austin. Violette are just gosh. hanging on. We, to the degree of just are, boosting the ball are, in a free all, kick. We are all in shock. We, we got to wrap this up so we can we see what that is. We are all Violette. Yes, yes, but yes, come to the tea party. It's going to be an amazing time. Um, yes, uh... Real, real quick, we'll blaze through this. Producer Sean is <laughs> producer Sean is coming. Watch, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You guys, you guys keep doing your thing. I'm gonna really quick run through a couple things. U.S. Soccer. Uh, you guys saw the Greg Berhalter, the Claudio Reyna type stuff. Uh, really gross. Who would have thought that Claudio Reyna was painted in even worse light than before? Really, oh, by far, by far, by far. Like, it was you, I really did not think it was possible. You thought that we knew everything when the allegations came out. Turns out he's much worse. He's the worst kind of soccer parent. That you could ho- that you could even dream of, and oh, by the way, is also kind of sexist apparently towards female officials. Fantastic, there, not really. Um, Burhalter is apparently now in the mix still um, for the U.S. men's national team job. Uh, again, that's I think I don't know if that's just saying that now that he's cleared. I don't know if he's highly considered. I know you guys want to chime in. Um, a lot of Burhalter fans in this chat, not really, but let us know if. Uh, I'm wrong. You guys think otherwise. And then, and then World, one last thing. World Cup format. Well, two things. World Cup format. They've changed it up. It's going to be four team groups again in the next World Cup uh, with the top two teams and the best their placements getting on through. We were, we, were having, we, more games. we were having this discussion earlier. Do they need to add more venues now that Let there are going to be 100 plus matches? Let us know. I'm like, this is crazy. There's so much there's time wasting. Guy, guy, there's a lot on the going on. Right now. There is so much time wasting going on in this match. But yes, let us know. Come World, on, VLX. World Cup, if you want to see more than 16 venues, do they need to add more? Where should it be? Kind of bummed again that Arizona State Farm Stadium is not in there. I think that's a sham, but, you know, But that's speaking my thing. of State Farm Stadium, they, Bam, will be hosting, they will be hosting a friendly between the U.S. and Mexico outside of FIFA window, of course, so... Not going to be the top players there, but yes, they'll be hosting a friendly between Mexico and the U.S. at State Farm Stadium next month. Next Wednesday, the 19th of April, I believe. Next month. We actually might have some cool news how we can be involved in that, so stay tuned. But lots of soccer news from Rising, from U.S., from the world, everything like that. I will leave you with one thing. The guy, Erling Holland. My gosh, that man can score. And literally, if you want to talk about tap-ins, by the way, all of his goals were tap-ins and penalty. No, no, he was actually a penalty and tap-in merchant. Don't you dare go there. Yeah, exactly. Ha-ha, bam. I told you, hurricane above Erling Holland. You heard it here for us. But for PHNX Rising Podcast, FC level I, take. No, I am Max no, Simpson. Nothing's happened. I am right. Max Simpson. This is Owen Evans, producer Sean. You can follow me at Max David Simpson on Twitter. You can follow him at OJ Evans 18. Producer Sean, we already know we can follow you, but tell the people in your producer voice, sir. Sean underscore to pause. Yep, exactly. For those who don't know, go follow him. Appreciate you guys joining us. We will catch you Sunday, Sunday, Sunday during post game. And Owen, three we'll o'clock be, kickoff. Yes, three o'clock kickoff. Probably around five thirty, uh, and it will be five thirty. Owen won't be late this time with Wi-Fi issues, so join us then. But for now, peace.